0: Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I am so glad that you have joined us today. If you are a part of our Lighthouse Church family, we would love to connect with you via our social media at Lighthouse Church NC or online at LighthouseChurchNC.org. We want to get you plugged into a connect group or on the Dream Team so that you are doing life together with people just like you. We hope you enjoy today's message and stay tuned for more announcements at the end of our podcast. Let's go to Genesis chapter 39. I'm going to read some scriptures to you. We're going to get them up on the screen. And for those of you that have a Bible and want to follow along, I'm going to be in the New King James Version of Genesis chapter 39. And we're going to begin at verse 1. And it reads as follows. When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Now the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Now Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, and he gave him success in everything he did. Now we're jumping to verse 6. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. I know the cougar was on the prowl. Go with me to verse 10. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her good man, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, No one else was around when he went in to do his work. She came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. For the next few moments, I want to preach to you on this thought. Sin sets a trap. Sin sets a trap. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for these moments together. We thank you, Father, for this time that we have to be together as a community celebrating and lifting up your name, but also, Lord God, sitting beside the people that you've placed on this journey as we go after you and become more like you. And Father, our prayer today is that you would speak to us. Father, there's nothing that I could say that is going to reach the heart of anyone in this room. That's the work of you. And that's the work of your spirit. So we just pray now at this time, Father, that you would remove all distractions. We give listening ears to what you have to say. Speak now. Your servants are listening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Clap your hands one last time. As you are seated, sin sets a trap. Sin sets a trap. Have you ever found yourself doing something out of routine? Let me explain it to you this way. Have you ever been driving to a destination only to get off of the freeway at the wrong destination because you went on autopilot? Has that ever happened to you? You were supposed to go somewhere, but, for, but, but, but maybe it was a, a, a route that you were familiar with. The next thing you know, you're like, why did I exit here? What's happening here? And you find yourself on, on autopilot. That happened to me. I used to work in Kearney Mesa before working in Rancho Bernardo. And every day I'd get up and I'd hit that 15 North. And one of those days I'm, I'm, I'm driving up 15 North and I exit on aero drive and I make a left turn and I pull up and I'm like, I don't even work here anymore. What am I doing here? Has that happened to you before? You know what's crazy is there were times when I'd drive from Rancho Bernardo back to Chula Vista and, and, and I would pull into my parking lot. Now, don't judge me. I know this has happened to you, too. I'd pull into my parking lot and i think, how in the world did I get here? Anyone ever spaced out on the road, ride home? Okay, I'm not alone. Thank you. And, and, and you, I, I would pull in and I'm like, I don't even know how I got here. I am just literally on autopilot and and that's literally what happens you see our brain does this fascinating thing where it begins to memorize the th- repeated behavior that you do The behavior that you repeat begins to get automated. And sometimes without you realizing it, you will flip over to autopilot and you can literally switch off your brain, if you will. You're you're, you're like in la-la land, probably thinking about your next vacation or what your wife's gonna cook for dinner. And then you arrive and you're like, oh my God, I'm glad I didn't hit anybody. I'm glad I didn't run anyone over. I'm glad, I hope I didn't cut anyone off. And that's what our brain does. Our brain begins to memorize certain behaviors and then it can do it on autopilot. What's crazier is our brain can even compound behaviors. So there's a certain way that you open and close your refrigerator that you just do it on autopilot now. How many you got a way that you open and close the refrigerator at home? How many you got like a, the way that you open and close doors? I do. I, I open the door and, and I do this little thing with my leg. And it's just like automated now. It's like when it's closed, I shut the door with my leg. You know what I mean? I need some toe kicks on, on, on the doors. But I do this thing. And, and I do this without even thinking about it because I have automated my behavior And I wasn't even aware of it. It's just what I did over and over and over again. And if you think about our choices in that context, if you think about the decisions that we make and how they can they can then cause us to fire on our own without even thinking about it, then think about why it's important to make good choices. If our behavior is learned, when our repeated behavior is learned and lodged in our brain, how much more should we focus on making the right choices? Eventually, our brain will flip on the autopilot, and it's going to do what you've repeatedly Done, and that's what we see in the life of Joseph. Now, before I take you to the passage of scripture which I just read to you, that kind of reads like, um, which which kind of reads like a soap opera, if you will. Um, let me take you to Joseph's story. So, Joseph was one of twelve boys to his father. Okay apparently in that time there was no television so they had a lot of kids all right. So Jacob had 12 boys and Joseph was one of them. Now now the Bible says that Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his brothers and he loved him so much he gave him a special coat and that let all his brothers know that he was a favorite. Now parents this is like what not to do 101. Just because one of the boys is your favorite doesn't mean you need to let the other boys know that's my favorite right there. But yet that's what his dad did. His dad gave him a coat, and the Bible says it was a coat that had a lot of colors on it, and that distinguished him. That left a mark on him, if you will. And his brothers resented him. That's why it's like, Dad, maybe... That, that that Gucci jacket wasn't a good idea because you didn't give anyone else a Gucci jacket. They got something out of Walmart and they resent Joseph, okay? Bad parenting. And so his brothers resented him, but it doesn't stop there. You see, Joseph was a young man with big dreams. Now they weren't just like a, someone that had big dreams, they were God dreams. They were big dreams that God was beginning to posit in him. So when Joseph would wake up from having these grandiose dreams, he'd go to his brothers and say, I had this dream that all All of you were bowing down to me. (laughs) What not to do, sibling 101, right? I mean, they're already mad at you because you got the Gucci jacket. Now you're going to tell your brothers, I saw you bowing down to me. And and Joseph really didn't have enough sense to just like zip it, you know. We talked about that last week, the importance of not saying everything that comes to your mind. But he even went as far as to go to his dad and say, Dad, you're going to bow down to me too. I think at that point, Joseph, I I, I bet you at that point, Jacob was like, boy, give me that jacket. Take that off. You know what I mean? Tell me that crazy talk. But but that's Joseph's story. He was the, the favorite son of his father. And he had these big dreams and he couldn't keep his mouth shut. He told everyone about his favorite dreams. It got so bad to the point that his brother said, you know what we need to do with him? The best thing we can do with him is kill him. And you thought your family had drama. They got to the point where they said, you know, I think there's only one thing. We, you think about that for a second. There's really only one choice. we got to kill the guy, all right? He just talks too much, and he dresses too flashy. We're going to kill the guy. That's, that's the only logical thing to do. I'm in my Bible. It sounds wild, but I'm not making this stuff up. And, and, and then the Bible does say, though, that one of his brothers had compassion. And said, you know, I, I, I think killing might be a bit much. <laughs> you think? It's like, what if we sold him into slavery, his brothers are like, yeah, let's do that. Let's sell him into slavery. Again, sibling rivalry out of control. So they, they, they take off that Gucci jacket, if you will. They rub some blood on it, and they sell him to, to, to a band of gypsies, and, and, and that's how they got rid of their brother. And when they came back, they showed his father the coat with the blood of an animal on it and say, your son Joseph, your favorite son, was attacked and killed by a wild animal. And that's where we pick off with today's Bible story. <laughs> when we get to today's Bible story in Genesis chapter 39, Joseph has been sold into slavery. And here he is at the home of the man who bought him. And that man's name is Potiphar. And and, and Potiphar is a captain in the army, and he just sees that Joseph, anything he puts his hands to do, he does it with excellence. He does it with excellence. And I love that because that's one of our values as a church. We pursue excellence. We teach that in growth track. For those of you that have not yet taken growth track, we will see you next week for step one. Okay, we would love to see you there when we talk about this and we unpack this. But but Joseph was a man that did things with excellence and everything that he did prospered. You ever met someone like that? It's like they just have Midas' touch. Anything that they touch is like, wow. That looks good. That came out well. And Potiphar couldn't help but notice that there was something special about Joseph. Now, listen, Joseph had every reason in the world to be bitter. I mean, you think you had problems because you had a flat tire on your way to work. Try being sold into slavery. I mean, he had every reason to be disappointed. He had every reason to have a father wound. He had every reason to have a brother wound, but that's not what he did. The first thing that I want you to write down is this. Our life life is shaped more by our choices than by what has happened to us. It's shaped by how we react to what is happening to us more than by what has simply happened to us. It's how you respond. It's it's how you react when things are coming against you and you're wondering how in the world do I get out ahead of these things. Joseph had all of the ingredients of his life to be insecure. Let me think about that for a second. His brothers tried to kill him. He had every reason to be a manic depressant. He had every reason to live with insecurity. He had every reason to take his life if he wanted to. He could have said, you know, I'm done here. My father loved me so much, but all that did was cause my brothers to hate me. And then, God, you give me these big dreams. I let people know what those dreams are. And here I find myself now a slave. But we read something very special in that passage of Scripture. It says, but the Lord was with Joseph. But the Lord was with Joseph. You have got to know that no matter how hard life gets, God is with you. Even when it feels like you are at rock bottom, God is with you. Even if the marriage didn't work out, God is with you. Even if you got hooked on something and addicted to something, God is with you. He loves you so much that he doesn't give up on you even when you gave up on him. God never leaves you. God never forsakes you you. He said, I'm going to be with you even until the end of time. Joseph knew that I could either get in my feelings and I can get depressed and I can be upset and I could be the worst slave in this house or I can continue to trust that God has a plan for my life or I can continue to believe that God has not left me yet. I can continue to believe that my best days are still ahead of me. That's the disposition that Joseph had. He didn't allow all those circumstances in his life to get him down. He continued to believe that though the world is against me, as long as I have God, I still lack my odds. Even though the world is stacked against me, even though the odds are not in my favor, even though the deck of cards doesn't deal me a good hand, there's only one hand that I need in my life, and that's the hand of God. And as long as the hand of God is for me, who can be against me? And so he knew that God was with him. You see, even when you don't feel like God is with you, you need to know that God is with you. Because our feelings don't always get it right. And sometimes we feel like God's not there. But how many of you have ever had to preach to yourself and say, I may not feel him, but I know that he is there. I may not feel like he is near, but I know that he is near. I may not feel like he is for me, but I know that he is for me. You have got to know and you have got to make up your mind and believe in advance of the trial and believe in advance of the hell that's breaking through in your life and believe in advance of that fire that you're going through that God is going to be with you. Joseph had that determination to know that God's not going to leave me. So why should I get all bent out of shape? Why should I be the worst slave in this household, even though my story is probably worse than the other slaves that are here? But he continued to trust. The Bible said, but the Lord was with Joseph. Now the enemy was working overtime on Joseph, trying to get him to slip. I believe that the enemy knew that God had big plans for him. And so he was using Potiphar's wife to chase him. And that's exactly what sin does. You see, sin sets a trap. Sin sets a trap. What sin will do is wait until you are in your feelings and when you are most vulnerable and then present itself to you. And this story is exactly the way the enemy comes after you. Because the enemy don't come after you with horns and a pitchfork. How many know that the enemy comes after you with abs? (laughs) <laughs> the UPS guy winking at you when you're married and you like it a little too much. How many know the enemy comes after you in high heels in the form of the admin assistant at work? You see, sin sets a trap, and it's waiting for you to be at that place when you're all in your emotions. And, and remember we talked about capturing our thoughts. It's, it's, it's when your thoughts are running negative and your feelings are running rampant. That's when the enemy attacks. He sets a trap and he waits to pounce on you when you are at your lowest. And so this is, this, is, I mean, this is exactly what this woman did. She was making repeated advances at him, making repeated advances at him. But every single time Joseph said, no, no, no. Do you want to know what Joseph was doing? He was beginning to pattern the behavior that this isn't the decision that I'm going to make. You see what he was doing was he was making the right choice time and time again. And so when he made the right choice time and time again, it didn't matter if she caught him in a weak moment because he went into autopilot and he knew this isn't the thing that I do. This is why you got to get your choices right and you got to have your habits right. Because if the autopilot is to not do that thing, it doesn't matter where you find yourself. It doesn't matter at the low place that you find yourself in. You're going to always do the right thing because you've conditioned yourself to do the right thing. I'm going get up in the morning and talk to God because I feel like it. Nobody feels like waking up at 530 in the morning. Or 4.30 or whenever your quiet time is. I don't feel like talking to God sometimes at 5.30. But I know that's what I need to do. So it ain't about your feelings. It's about what you know to do. And when you know to do what's right, even when you don't feel like doing right, you know to do that thing. Can I get a good amen in here? And so what this woman did is she waited one day till no one was around, and then the cougar pounced, okay? That's when she, the Bible said when no one was around, that's when she tried to seduce him. And she grabbed him by his cloak, and and, and he he fled, and he ran from her. And and listen, he could have made a bad decision, and no one would have known about it. No one would have known about it. And too many times, that's when we are at our weakest, when we give in to things, and no one knows about it. And many of us have fallen, and no one's known about it. If we were to open up the book of your life, some of you are like, skip that chapter, skip that chapter. I thought no one was going to read it, skip that chapter. And too many times we make those choices because we think that no one will ever know. And that's exactly when she came to Joseph and she tried to force herself on him when nobody else was around. But here's the deal. And this is the second thing that I want you to write down. We make our choices, but then our choices make us. We make our choices... But then eventually, our choices make us. Joseph repeatedly made the right choice. Every time she'd come up to him, no. Every time she'd try to talk to him, no. Every time she'd come, not today, Satan. You know what I'm saying? It's like, not today, devil. And every time she'd try to come to him, he was ingraining the right choices in his mind. So when you make the right choices enough, then your choices begin to make you. Because you are what you do. You are what you repeatedly do. You see, you can string together the series of right choices in your life, and that's what everyone's going to know you for. I was having a conversation. This, this goes back a couple of years, but I was having a conversation with, um, with Salah, who's on our team here, and he asked me, he like, Pastor Josh, how do you define success? And I said, I define success as a series of successful decisions. Because anyone can get it right one time, right? Come on, even Vanilla Ice had a hit. Come on, how many, remember, how many know I'm talking about? Don't make me sing it in here. I won't. I won't. Anyone can get it right once. We call that a flash in the pan, right? Or you hear the language one hit wonder? And that's why, like, they can even drop an entire album. And then the second album, well, it was a sophomore album. Do you know why they call it a sophomore album? Because it's not supposed to be as good as the first one. People get it, people, anyone can get it right once. And so, my definition of success was repeated success. Over and over and over. To me, that's what makes a person successful. They've dem- they, 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 they repeatedly demonstrate success. And I think when we repeat the right choices, we become a person whose right choices have made us. When you look at someone, you're like, that's a man that's made good choices. You know, when I think about my grandfather, and I like to preach about my grandfather so much because he's such an inspiration to me. But my grandfather didn't have a lot of money in the bank, but he made a lot of right choices. He made a lot of right choices choices my grandfather may not have had a lot of earthly fame but he made a lot of right choices he may not have gotten everything right but he made a lot of right choices and I've got this phone this picture in my phone that that'll stay with me forever and it's when I took a picture of of his funeral and 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 over a thousand people showed up for my grandfather's funeral I thought you know this is a man that made a lot of right choices You, you don't get a thousand people to come out and mourn you if you got it wrong a whole lot of times But I'm there, and I was on the side of the platform getting ready to come up and speak, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, my God, this is a person who got it right. This is a person who got it right. And and Joseph had to make the right choice in spite of... Of, of everything that was going on in his life. I mean, he had the opportunity to mail it in, but he chose not to. Let, let's put up this, this next slide. I've showed it to you a few times, the cognitive triangle, where our thoughts become our feelings, and then our feelings then impact our choices. We've been calling that our cognitive triangle thoughts Feelings, choices, thoughts, feelings, choices. When we capture our thoughts and we fix our feelings, we'll be able to make the right choices or demonstrate the right behavior. But eventually, the more right choices that we make, the more we program ourselves to not live in the wrong choice. And you have got a choice. Listen to me, church. You have a choice. So let me just talk to you for a second. If you, if, if, if you feel like you are lonely, you need to identify the lonely behavior and go on the offensive. Okay? If, if you feel like you are living in isolation, identify the negative behavior and start doing the right things. Let me give you some examples. If you feel like you're feeling lonely, spend less time on social media. Spend less time on social media because social media will trap you in comparison. You, 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 you're feeling really good about your life until you opened up Instagram and then you saw someone else's life and you were like, oh my God, how come they got that house? I mean, your house was good enough until you saw her house and now your house is not good enough, right? Oh, your boyfriend was good enough. I'm just kidding. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but too many times our loneliness and anxiety is driven by too much time on social media. Get off that thing. It's a choice. No one's making you flick that thing open. Delete, like I said last week, delete it off your phone for periods of time. When you turn it back on and you put that app back on your phone, your friends will come back with the app, okay? They won't leave you. They'll come back with you, all right? Start exercising more. Start exercising more. There was a young man in our youth group. He was actually one of our interns a few years ago, and, and he came and he sat with me. He had been in and out of our church, just battling a lot of stuff. And, and he said, Pastor, they're, 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 they're giving me... um. Man, I forgot the name of the medication now, but, but they're, they're diagnosing me with depression, and they're giving me medicine to raise my serotonin levels. And as he was speaking, I just began to discern, this kid's not sick. This kid just needs to run. <laughs> I said, I, was, I asked him, I said, Daniel, have you ever heard of a runner's high? <laughs> He's like, a what? I'm like, a runner's high. When you start to run, your serotonin levels begin to rise. It'll actually do the thing that that medicine is going to do for you, but you won't have to be addicted to a pill. You can just use the legs God gave you and go for a run and enjoy the earth that God puts you on, and you'll get the same hit. And, the very, and he was like, I've never heard of that. I said, well, tell you what, today's your lucky day. I feel like buying someone a Christmas present. And I went to the running store, and I bought them. I got him fitted for a pair of running shoes, and I said, now start running. And he texted me two weeks later. I've never felt any better. They were trying to medicate him. All he had to do was exercise. All he had to do was get the blood flowing. Some of you lonely, just get out. Go for a hike. Go for a walk. Go for a run. Spend some time doing something with someone. I I know this ain't very spiritual, but some of your problems aren't spiritual. They're very practical. You're lonely, and it's your fault. You're in your feelings, and it's your fault. Here's what else you can do. Start spending more time in group settings. Join a rec league. Join a sports league. Come on, get out there and just start having fun with more people. I feel lonely, Pastor. Well, you're always alone. <laughs> Got no friends. You know what the Bible says about friends? You know how the Bible tells you to get friends? He that desires to get more friends must first show himself friendly. Put a smile on your face. That's a, that. I, I'm serious. That's a proverb right there. It's like... Just be friendly. You're going to get more friends. That's the fix. Some of y'all waiting for deliverance. You don't need deliverance. Just smile more. Go outside. Join a sports league. Invite people into real relationships and talk, not text, talk deeply about your feelings. Find someone that you can talk to. Find someone and just talk deeply. Just tell them, hey... Can we sync up and grab some coffee? Can we go to Ryan's Brothers? Can we go to Better bus I'm giving you the good stuff right here, okay? Can we go to coffee? I ain't saying Starbucks. I'm giving you the good stuff, okay? It's like, can we go? Can we just connect? Can, can, can we have a, can we just get to a place where you and I can have deep life-giving conversation? Life, that's the key, life-giving. Don't be having no negative attitude. Don't get, because that can, that can backfire on you. Misery loves company. How many of you know that? You can go find someone that's more broken than you and... Some of you like that. You're like, I like more broken people. They make me feel better about myself. No, no. Get with some people that are going to lift you up. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Get around some people that are going to lift you up, not make you feel better about your brokenness. (laughs) She got it worse than me. She's a good friend. Last thing, and again, this is not everything. I just wanted to help you. Join the dream team and, and go beyond finding other ways to do good and advance the kingdom. I mean, live for reasons bigger than yourself. That's why we always talk about the dream team. Get on the dream team. Come to Growth Track. We want to help you discover your spiritual gifts. We want to help you be the best version of you. We want to see you fulfill your God-given potential. We believe it can start here, but we believe eventually it should go out. I don't want you to just lead good in church. I want you to lead everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. I think we can teach you some things here. I think we can train you on some things here, but ultimately we we want to see you take this everywhere you go. So if you begin to make those choices, everything that I just talked about, I hope you took some notes or listen back because some of you need to do that. Some of you need to do that. You do enough of that, all of a sudden those choices begin to make you. You make your choices and your choices make you. Last thing that I want you to write down, I'm coming to a close. Focus on who you are becoming. I, talk, I said this four weeks ago. I'm going to say it again because this is that good. Focus on who you are becoming. And if you're wondering, how in the world do I do that, Pastor? Just look at the last 30 days of your life. Look at your spending habits. That's who you're becoming. Look at your diet. That's who you are becoming. Look at your exercise. That's who you are becoming. Look at your friends. That's who you are becoming. And if you don't like any of that, then change it. You're not tethered to negative relationships in your life. You're not tethered to a bad diet. You're not tethered to, in, uh, uh, to not exercising. You're not tethered to that stuff. You have the capacity and you have the ability to make the changes in your life and just focus on who am I becoming and fix that thing. Fix that thing. Who am I becoming? Fix that thing because little habits repeated over and over are automating you. And if you see something negative forming in your life if you see a negative habit forming stop it now take you, you if 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 you're if you're finding yourself having negative thoughts grab those thoughts Capture those negative thoughts. We talked about that in that sermon, I caught a thought. Catch those thoughts. Submit them to the will of God and say, I'm not going to think like that because I don't like how it's making me feel. I'm not going to think like that because I don't like who it's making me to be. And I'm not going to get in those feelings because those feelings make me act a certain way. Capture those things. Capture those things and make them bow down to God's plans for your life. If I come back to the passage of scripture that we were at, Potiphar's wife. She failed to seduce Joseph, and when she couldn't seduce him, she lied on him. She lied on him. So she goes to Potiphar and says, hey, that young man, Joseph, who's in our house, he tried to rape me. Now, we all know the truth, but Joseph was in no position to defend himself. Nothing he said was going to get him out of this predicament that he was in. And so the Bible says that Potiphar grabbed Joseph and locked him up in the king's jail. And once again, Joseph found himself in a pit. And once again, he found himself in a place where he could have very easily mailed it in and say, you know what, this just ain't working out. I mean, it didn't work out with my family as a brother. It didn't even work out in Potiphar's house as a slave. Now I'm in jail serving a sentence for a crime I didn't even commit. But the Bible says this, when Joseph was in jail, the Lord was with Joseph, and everything that Joseph put his hand to do, God blessed him. Eventually, it caught the eyes of the head jailer, and then he said, you know what? You're going to be in charge of the jail. Think about that for a second. Everywhere Joseph went, just blessed, blessed, blessed. Why? Because he always made the right choices. Listen to me. Success will find you if you're constantly making the right choices. I just believe that. You want some career advice? That's some good career advice. Make the right choices. Watch how success finds you. Watch how the promotion finds you. Watch how the new position will find you if you just do the right things for the right reasons. The right things for the right reasons. No agenda. Righteousness. Purity of heart. Clean hands. Pure heart. Just do the right things for the right reasons. And Joseph just did the right things. And they said, you know what? You're in charge here. And then eventually he started interpreting people's dreams. And eventually Pharaoh, who's head of Egypt, who's at that time the nation that is leading the then known world. He has a dream. And he said, I need someone to interpret my dream. And one of the former prisoners remembered, you know, there was a guy inside of the jail. He interpreted dreams. He's pretty accurate. You might want to call him up. Pharaoh comes up. Um, Joseph comes up to Pharaoh. He interprets Pharaoh's dreams. And he interprets it to a T. He forecasted the economics of the nation, of, of that nation for the next seven years. And he really helped the king. He said, here's what's going to happen over the next seven years. And then here's what you're going to have to do, because in the next seven years, it's going to be real bad. So we're going to have seven years of plenty, seven years of famine. And everything that Joseph said came to pass. And so do you want to know what Pharaoh did? Pharaoh gave him more authority. He said, you know what? I'm getting you out of the prison, and I'm going to make you in charge of all of the commerce over all of Egypt. And the Bible says that he took a ring, and he put it put it on joseph's finger because that ring symbolized authority and then he grabbed he said bring a coat for joseph and they put a coat over joseph and it began to signify to the to 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 everyone else that this is the man that's in charge of commerce and this was the literal fulfillment of the dream that god had given him and i believe that god can do this when we make the right choices don't let loneliness make your choices do what you know to do do what you know to do. Don't don't make choices based off of feelings. Make choices based on what you know. I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. That's how I'm going to make my choices out of the knowledge of that. Not how I'm feeling because someone cut me off on the freeway or because I didn't have enough sandwich for my, I didn't have enough bread for my sandwich in the morning or whatever little thing sets you off. Don't allow that to make your choices. And those are little things. It could be big things in your life. Don't allow the big things in your life to affect your ability to make the right choices. Make the right choice. Because it's the right thing to do. And when you make the right choice, the choices start to make you. You know, buried within the text, this is the last thing I'm going to say. Buried within this text. If you heard this story, it caught on to some of what I was saying. Joseph wore three different coats. First, there was the coat that his father gave him. That his brothers ripped away. Marked it with blood. And said, our brother's dead. Then the Bible says Potiphar gave Joseph a coat. And Joseph lost that coat when Potiphar's wife grabbed him. And the Bible says that she ripped the coat off of him. And there goes Joseph without the coat. That's the second coat. And the third coat that Joseph wore is the coat when Pharaoh put it over him. I'm in my Bible. Okay, That's the third coat. And here's what I really felt to tell some of you right now. Every single coat represented a season in Joseph's life. In one season, he was the father's favorite son. In another season, he was uh, Potiphar's favorite slave. And now in this season, the ultimate season, the place where God was getting him to, he wore the coat that God had prophesied to him all the way back in Genesis chapter 37 when he began to dream that God was going to make him a person of influence and a person of authority. But each time, watch this, each time joseph got a new coat the coat had to be taken away from him the previous coat that he was wearing had to be removed from him he didn't take the coat off the coat had to be stripped off of him and i think many times god's trying to elevate you into new places into your life but you don't want to go because you're really comfortable with your coat but God's got a better coat for you God's got a better place for you God's got a better God's got another level for you God's got another dimension for you and sometimes we get really comfortable with our coat that coat might be your current job that coat might be your circle that coat could be any sort of things and we like our coat but I believe that God has something bigger for you and God has something better for you and he will have to remove that coat off of you because you're settling for a lesser version of what God wants to do for you that's why why we want to see you fulfill your God-given potential. You might be happy where you're at, but God's got something better for you. You might be happy with where you where, where you've arrived, but God's got something greater for you, and you've got to be sensitive to know that God is doing things in your life, and He's taking you from glory to glory, from faith to faith. He is He He is literally taking your life upward and higher, and every time joseph lost a coat it's because a promotion came with it and i think there's some people in this room right now that are whining about what you've lost and you don't even see that it was god behind it some of you are crying about the things that are no longer in your life and god's like i took that out of your life because i have something better for you how many want god's best for your life because that's where I want to be. I want God's best for my. I don't want to settle for this when God has this for me. I don't want to settle for one coat when God's got a better coat for me. So right there you're at, right. I just felt to share that with you. I think some of you are hanging on to something that God is removing. Don't fight with God. If God's taking that coat away, He's got a better coat for you. He's got a better job for you. He's got a better circle for you. He's got a better network for you. He's got better. Somebody say better. Come on, shout it back to me, say better, and believe that God has more for you. Believe it. Our job is to make the right choices. Our job is to do the right things for the right reasons. Come on, bow your head where you're at. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this place. If this message has blessed your life, I wanna encourage you to share this message with others. Or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.